0: It's the Healthy Woman Show on WJR with Ann Thomas and Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, presented by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health.
1: Welcome to WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. I'm Ann Thomas. I am here with Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, the founder of the Michigan Center. And Dr. Carol, this is going to be a fun show.
2: You know, Ann, I'm so excited about this. You're interviewing a wonderful woman who went through an amazing journey. We'll talk about all the total aspects of that journey. Enjoy a little new restaurant, New Baltimore. And then, you know, I'm a little nervous about boating. <laughs> There's a guy who's going to help me know what to do on a boat. I'm excited.
1: Yes, absolutely. We'll get started right after these messages. Welcome to WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. I'm Ann Thomas, and we kick off the show tonight by introducing you to Ellen S., a former patient of the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. Ellen, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Ellen, tell our listeners, you know, what led you to choose the Michigan Center?
3: So I have a friend, a close friend, who also had a pretty extensive fertility journey and had been a patient of a number of the practitioners in Metro Detroit. So I gave her a call to kind of get the lowdown, get the scoop on pros and cons and specialties. And she was pretty funny. She said, I'll save you the hassle. I'll cut to the chase. Just call Michigan Center. (laughs) Call Dr. Uh Kowalczyk. So I did, and here we are.
1: What was your experience like at the Michigan Center? Can you kind of tell us, you know, from the time you first walked through the door? Yes. So
3: I'm not sure I have enough superlatives to Mm -hmm. describe my experience. Um, In a word, probably exceptional comes to mind. Um, It is such a comfortable and comforting and compassionate environment. And it sounds cliche, but they truly care about you as a person and care about your relationships and your life and your goals and I made friends there I was telling my husband a couple of weeks ago that I actually miss going there which I think speaks volumes Um, it was just exceptional I actually count it as one of the best experiences of my life and of course the results were also great I have a healthy and beautiful three and a half year old son and a healthy and beautiful eight-month-old daughter
1: so can you talk a little bit about your fertility journey? You know, just what you went through, What to share what you're comfortable with, Ellen. Oh, sure. Um, so I
3: met my husband when I was 39 years young, um, and we got married at 40. So we were more of summer chickens than spring chickens. <laughs> um, I love it. And we knew that we wanted to have children, and ideally more than one. So we figured we probably should enlist some help pretty early on in the process just to understand where we were. So we brought Dr. Kolchak onto our team and I went through, I think the number is 14 different rounds of some sort of assisted technology. So I had a couple of IUIs, Um, I wound up having some surgeries to clean up some endometriosis And then eventually we went the IVF route and we conceived our son through IVF uh, and I had him at 44 years young and then went back for more because I missed going there. (laughs) Um, And we conceived our daughter also through IVF and I had her at 47 years young.
1: You know, your story, Ellen, has to be so encouraging for other women out there, other couples actually, Dealing with infertility issues, what kind of advice do you have for others that are going through this?
3: Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, number one, call Dr. Kualchik. That's mm-hmm. important. <laughs> um, and then I think if you can protect your mental health, it can be, you know, it's a long road. It can sure. be a long road. And it's, Stressful, um, and it can be stressful on every level, um, you know, financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically, definitely. Um, So if you can find some way to make sure that it's not the only thing going on in your life, um, you know, maintain relationships, maintain your hobbies. You know, still have fun, stay positive. And then I think trust the process, trust your doctor. The technology expanded just in the five or six years that I was a patient. Things were available at the end that were not available at the beginning. And then my I think I would say if you can maintain what really helped me, I really tried to remain so thankful that I was even able to be exposed to this technology. I think my great-grandparents and grandparents just would have been amazed at this technology and that I could be living at this point in history where we have excellent doctors and the science has advanced. So I try to just keep that in mind that, really, we were so fortunate to be able to meet Dr. Kulchek and then go through the process with excellent results.
1: And, you know, one of the things that you talked about in this interview is your experience at the Michigan Center and how they took care of all of your needs. And that's one of the things that I noticed when I went to the Michigan Center to spend time with Dr. Carroll and do some of our interviews there. It's kind of like a holistic and a medical approach. And I think that's gotta be very, very comforting for patients, Ellen.
3: That is exactly correct. It's amazing. I've never never had a patient-doctor relationship like that. It's a great experience. They really care. Everyone is wonderful. I made great friends. It's just a great experience.
1: And you have such an encouraging story for other women that are dealing with this. I think it's important, and we really thank you for taking the time today, Alan, to share it with us.
3: Oh, my goodness. Thanks so much for having me.
1: You are listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. We'll be back right after this. Carol Kowalczyk, founder of the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. I had a great conversation with one of your patients in the last segment, Ellen, and we talked a lot about why she decided to come to the Michigan Center. She shared her experience with us, and it was really interesting to hear her talk about What she experienced at the Michigan Center. And one of the things that she said, Carol, was that it isn't just about, you know, the medical procedures and the medical treatment that you get. She said at the center, she felt embraced, you know, all the way around as a whole person. So, like a holistic and a medical approach. Can you talk a little bit more about your philosophy? Because I think it's impressive.
2: Well, thanks, Anne, and, and I love, love Ellen and her husband, John, and, and, and they really embodied the couple that we love to work with. They came in um, excited, energetic, part of the team, you know, wanting to get the work up done, figuring out what the potential problems were, and, you know, really listened to what things we recommended for them to do, but in turn, we also listened to what their concerns were. And I think that's important when you go through a fertility process that you have to not just tell patients, you know, what the workup entails, but also get an a feel for what they're worried about, what their concerns are, what their constraints are, what their beliefs are. And I think that that makes a difference when people have the courage to come to see a fertility doc. Do you know, Anne, that fertility affects one in six couples, but less than 10% of patients will seek treatment? And I Mm -hmm. think part of the reason is they're afraid, um, they're concerned about what they're going to find if there's not going to be a treatment option. There may be some financial concerns, religious concerns, and... I think at Michigan Center, we recognize that. And in addition to greeting the patient saying, look, here, I read your history. Um, This is the testing we need to do. The questions come up as, you know, how many children do you want? If there's certain religious concerns about certain fertility treatments, let's talk about that. If there are fears about uh, doing certain procedures or a timeline where a patient wants to have so many kids and a certain time frame, or they worry that finances aren't going to cover any kind of fertility treatment. So why bother? We address all those things and put in place a comfortable environment where patients can ask those questions and, and share their concerns. So that can be part of the puzzle and that can be part of the team approach to uh, having them be successful in making their family dreams come true. So, you know, it's not just state your name or do an IVF or sure. or state your name. This is the only way to do things. Every single couple that comes in, we talk about choices. We talk about this is, you know, option A, option B, option C. And, you know, I they laugh at me because I always end with, if you are my family, if you are my sister, if you are my daughter, if you are my son. So I lay out all the options, but then I listen to what their needs are, all of those needs. And then I'm like, you know what, here's the choices. But for you, for you specifically, if you're my family, this is what I would tell you to do.
1: Well, it's interesting that you say that because Ellen described herself as a patient who was a little bit older in her fertility journey. And so that's important. That was important to her that you welcomed her and didn't even question that. You know, you were like, yeah, let me see what I can do to help you.
2: You know what, Anne? Everyone deserves a consult, right? Sure. So, you know, everyone deserves that respect to hear their story. And that is so special is to hear their story Uh, and, and to take that story and the concerns, and see what we can do to make things happen. So we've had couples as young as in their early 20s. We've had couples in their early 50s. And to be able to give those patients and all those age ranges respect and listen to what their needs are, why their journey got them to that point in their life uh, is so important. And and the biggest compliment we get, and, and I, I I love, love, love still talking to Ellen, is is you become family <laughs> and, and I feel, well, and I feel like they're all family and, and, you know, I'll meet them at Costco and they'll be like, Hey, how's it going? How's the kids? you know, they'll bring their children and say, hey, we were just passing through and we're done with our kids, but look at, they're, they're five and seven, and oh my gosh, I got one in college, the oldest one from Michigan Center. We're not going to talk about that, but um, <laughs> that makes me, I'm, no, I'm never getting old. Oh, but,
1: no. Um,
2: <laughs> never, everyone else does. I uh-huh. don't. But uh, but they, you know, the biggest compliment is they're like, can you deliver a baby? We don't want to leave. And, you know, to have a a family, connection by the time the journey's done it is, to our family of Michigan Center, just really special.
1: Well, you know, the other thing about this that I think is important is the age issue, because nowadays it seems, and you can correct me or confirm this, that women, some women, are waiting longer to have children, and that could put them, you know, in the, in the department of having infertility issues. And so I think, Ellen's story is really comforting for women, Carol, who have decided to wait a little bit longer or waited longer because they couldn't conceive. So can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing?
2: Uh, We are seeing so many women who, and couples who are older in starting to plan their family. Um, Like Ellen, they've met Mr. Wonderful later in life. Um, Other times they will um, have uh, worked on their careers, uh, sometimes they will have found their partner, but they want a more stable financial home for them and for their future children. And they want to make sure that they are stable uh, in that uh, aspect of their lives. So it is extremely, extremely normal now to see, oh, gosh, in a week I'll probably see a dozen uh, couples where they're over 40 really? uh, between myself and Dr. Boudries and my two PAs, Mandy and Alexis. So over a dozen. And, and these women are incredible. They're taking great care of themselves. They don't look their age and they're seeking fertility. And our job is to be able to assess that potential and offer them choices uh, to be able to have the family that they've always wanted.
1: And when we talk about a holistic and a medical approach, Carol, can you explain to our listeners exactly what that means when you assess a patient and help a patient uh, end up having a child?
2: So when we meet a couple for the first time, obviously we do what every other fertility center does, is we get the hormone workup, we do a semen analysis, we get a structural workup. But our philosophy has always been that You know, traditional medicine is fine and great, but it's not all that if you don't start out with a healthy base. Complementary medicine is great, but complementary medicine can't fix certain things, and only traditional medicine and fertility pills or insemination or shots, you know, can help. And so our philosophy is, you know, we're going to help you with the fertility treatments, but taking care of yourself by um, eating healthy, plant-based diet, watching your sugars, physical activity, mental health. Uh, we've got Claire as our counselor uh, and her team there to address the emotions of fertility, the anxiety, the depression, the 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 stress of going through that journey. So focusing on every aspect of the journey and the person, I think, helps with enhancing our success rates and making the journey. Through the fertility, uh, a better experience. So, you know, we want to make sure that we take care of you, your general health, and focus on starting with a healthier base because you're going to respond to my fertility treatments better if you start out with a healthy background.
1: And I just love it when she says that she misses you. And wishes she Aww. could be back there. I mean, how many people say <laughs> that, Carol, about oh, going <laughs> to the doctor?
2: Yeah, quite a few. It's very cute. Yeah, quite a few will, will come back. And, you know, we have so many people who will restart for, for more children, and they'll come back for baby number two, three, mm-hmm. or four. Um, but it, it's so great. You know, they'll come in with their babies proudly, and they'll be like, here's our here's our little girl, here's our little boy. And, and you know, it, I get... I get still very, very tearful. And I've been doing this, you know, for Michigan Center, it's been 20 years. I've been doing it almost 30. I still get tearful when they bring in their baby so proudly and I they've bet. been crying for five and eight years and one, even one year. And, and this little person is in their arms and they just, they're just so grateful. And, and they're just, mm-hmm. their smiles and their, 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 their happiness just says it all. It's just, it, it just still, still. special.
1: It has to be very rewarding for you, Carol, to have been part of this center for 20 years and obviously doing this for much longer, 30 years, really. It has Mm -hmm. to be so cool for you to be doing something that you really love and you're making a huge difference in people's lives.
2: Well, thank you. You know, what's that saying? It's never work if you love what you yes. do, if you don't work a day in your life and, and I I I joke to my residents, we train a bunch of uh, medical students at residences, like every I get excited every single embryo transfer. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many thousands but every single transfer is just so special and it's just the moment where where that embryo is put in and or that first positive pregnancy test with an insemination or just with you know, fertility medications and sex, it's just it just there's there's, there's no, nothing like it. There's just and my staff feels the same way. It's not just me, but my whole staff gets. You know, there, there's times when someone's been trying forever and they finally have a positive pregnancy test. We gather everyone in the office, in my office, put her on speakerphone, Ugh. and everyone cheers. I mean, it, it, it's that feeling, and everyone just cheers that this person finally was successful. And it just, it, it's just, it's
1: it's a blessing. It absolutely is. Let's take a quick break. And coming up next on WJR's Healthy Woman Show, we are going to talk to you about a restaurant that you have to try in New Baltimore. We'll be back right after this. listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. I'm Ann Thomas. I am here with my co-host, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. And Dr. Carol, you are bringing a great story to us today. It's the story of NAPS City Garage in New Baltimore. And on the line, we have Ellie and Sam, the owners. And I'm going to let you start with the questioning because you have been to this fabulous restaurant.
2: Oh, and this place is unbelievable. It is the talk of the town. It's talk of the next town. It's talk of the next town after that. <laughs> People, every, every, I was, I was somewhere the other day and I was at uh, I, I, one of my patients. I'm like, you know, they lived kind of probably 45 minutes from uh, New Baltimore. And I said, have you heard of Knapp City Garage? The husband taps the wife and says, oh yeah, yeah, that's that new place. We got to go there. I hear it's really, really good. So I kind of know the owners, and I thought, you know, I'm going to let everyone else know about Nap City Garage, because it is unbelievable, and the, the atmosphere, the comfort, the food, it's the whole package. So um, Sam and Ellie, I just am so glad that you're here on the show, and I wanted to kind of, first of all, find out what gave you the inspiration to start a restaurant and a restaurant that's as cool as this. What, what got this whole thing started?
4: Well, Carol, thanks for having us on the show.
0: Thank you, Carol.
4: It all started first with our location, JJ Knapps in Richmond, and then we found another great location in downtown New Baltimore with loads of potential. It was an old mechanic's garage with two historic abil- uh, buildings attached, and from there a vision began. Well, and it's and
2: it's got this what, Sammy, automotive kind of theme, but it's got some some really cool. You know you made the you've done a lot yourself. I mean, a lot of the the bar was your vision. Uh, a lot of the things you built uh, with your experience being in the car company, with your you know your previous career, you know tell us some unique things that are in that restaurant that you did with your own loving hands and kind of what kind of feel did you want to have for that place.
0: So we did a spark plug chandelier with uh, over two hundred plugs on it.
1: That sounds very <laughs> really cool. yeah, I did a year out of
0: a 1949 Ford tractor, which come out really cool. Um, we have uh, engine blocks that we made into rack- wine racks. Uh, we also um, did a Lamborghini block, a 10 cylinder. We uh, created a wine rack out of that also. And then I have my um, fat boy up there sitting in the um, dining room. So we brought a lot of uh you know mechanical stuff into it we pretty much uh we did arts and crafts basically when we were down
1: <laughs> oh I love that I want to know what are some of the hot items on the menu what are the what do people come to the napp city garage for?
4: well, I'd have to say um our- We have a great selection of dinner menu items like our blackened salmon and the Cubano, but we're definitely noted for the head-patty char-grilled burgers and, of course, the wood-fire pizza is a must. Uh, We do daily features. Uh, Those are always popular amongst the customers, and all our food is made fresh in-house. So I think that's what makes it so special.
2: And let me tell you, Ann, they had the the MAP burgers at – they still have it at the bar in Richmond, and I, I i am not a meat burger girl, but every time I go, I have to have the nap burger because it is the juiciest, most delicious burger I have eaten anywhere, and and even my kids, who are burger freaks, are like, they have to go because it is just so fresh, and it's so juicy, and it's just fabulous, and I think isn't your oven, your, your wood oven from Italy?
4: Yeah. The wood fire oven is from Italy, and um, we have an inspiration of a a wood fire menu on the wall that my mother brought home from Italy over 40 years ago, and that inspired quite a few of the um, pizzas that we have on our current menu. Uh, We have one with the poached pear, aruglia, and goat cheese drizzled with balsamic, and we have, of course, a traditional marguerite and we come up with a new pizza we have a wood fire pizza feature every day
2: and you know what's cool about it Anne, is that that it it feels like cheers like everyone knows your (laughs) name the space is open and they have an outside eating area um, which i think just makes it feel very relaxed the food is affordable and then the other thing that's really cool is you're kind of you're in downtown baltimore but Isn't there something going on this summer with the marinas or the boats?
4: Yeah, we have a marina, and um, they're also looking to expand the marina. So that's a couple-year project that's underway uh, to put some sort of a fish habitat there so that more boats can come in and Mm -hmm. dock. But we're also a social district, so we have the farmer's market every Sunday right in front of our place. You can come in and get a Bloody Mary. You could get a Spanish coffee and stroll the farmers market in the morning. Um, you can grab a drink while you're waiting for a table and walk through town. And I think that's what customers love.
1: Oh, absolutely! Isn't
4: that
2: cool, Anne? Oh, it's I know very not cool. many places. You know, not many places can have that cocktail while they're walking up and down the streets. And the cool thing about the city too is they're building. There's galleries. There's other shops, and you know, and there's there's entertainment in the park. So it is, it, it's It's a hidden gem, I think.
1: It sounds that like it, Carol.
2: Is, yeah, oh, my gosh, that's building. And it's just such a beautiful place to just go and relax and enjoy. What are customers saying? Because I know my patient was, that, that's what kind of led to me asking you. It's like, you know, what, what are people saying? And I've heard it's a long wait to get in. I mean, you guys have hit the road running and haven't stopped.
4: I would have to say that exactly. We've been blessed with uh, such a positive response from the community. and the customers just love walking through the restaurant. No matter where they're sitting, they want to take a stroll through and check out all the unique decor. They love the feel of the lively ambiance throughout the rest of the of the restaurant. And they know that we deliver the freshest food drinks and by our remarkable staff. and uh, it's been. Like you said, it hit hit the road running right from the get, and it hasn't. Last night we were on a hour and a half
1: wait on a oh, Sunday. That's amazing. <laughs> so, Ellie, what's the backstory on Knapp City Garage? What made you and Sam decide to get into the restaurant business?
4: Well, we decided to, we were just looking for a building, huh. and my husband was uh, picking up his buddy from uh, from the local tavern there, and. Uh, they were going out fishing and we saw it for sale and within a month we had bought it and decided we better check with the city and make sure that the city is on board with this and really they um great city of new baltimore uh blessed us with the opportunity and and uh thought that it would be a great adventure and they were right everybody says it was a home run.
1: <laughs> it sounds <laughs> and, like it.
4: And you, got, you guys were both, your first careers were in the car industry.
2: So, but I know you both love to cook. So what was the love of, of, of a restaurant? I mean, to go from car company career to restaurant career, I mean, was it your love of the cooking at home? I mean, what, what, that, that's a lot of work to own a restaurant.
4: It is a lot of work, and I think that we both have a passion for cooking. You're right, but we also love people, you know, both our careers. I mean, my career was with people, and I think that's a big part of having a successful business, is to be able to um, communicate and, and get along and be able to correspond with your customers that makes it unique, you know. I I don't know that I said, "Oh my god, I think I want to open another restaurant," but when the opportunity came and you could see the potential in the building, that's what inspired us to do it, you know, uh, was to do to do that. The building itself was, you know, that we all know there's a few others around town that have the same concept and and we knew that downtown Baltimore could use that. We actually feel that we gave our city a pulse. People are sounds like it. crowded. They're walking around. They're going from place to place. So, you know, whether they have a drink and an appetizer at our place or a drink and an appetizer at the other place, you know, we've got great views and a beautiful beach just around the corner.
1: Ellie and Sam Knapp, owners of Knapp City Garage in New Baltimore. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. It sounds like a fabulous place. I can't wait to try it. Thank you for having
4: us. Thank you.
1: You are listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. We'll be back right after this. Dr. Carroll, our guest right now, Tom Irvin, the president of Wallstrom Marine, is one of my favorite guests because I love his idea. Tom, welcome to the show. Talk to us a little bit about why you decided that you would offer boating lessons for women.
0: Sure. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to be with you today. Um, in 2006, Um, we started a program called women in boating. Um, it started because lots of women, boating is a participative sport, which means everybody that's on the boat can participate or can just be, just enjoy the afternoon as a boat rider. You can tie lines, you can hang fenders, you can catch the dock post when it comes in, you can help the captain be a lookout. There's lots of, lots of jobs besides just driving the boat. And so in 2006, we had lots of ladies that said, I want to learn more about this sport that we've just entered with, uh, with our significant other and many times with our family. And we also want to be safe on the water. So we started the program in 2006. And since then, we've had over 1,000 ladies through the program, wow. which consists of about most of a Saturday. We start in the morning with a classroom where we review basic boating features and, and safety guide, um, talk about situations that can occur on the water, how to work as a team with the significant other, docking the boat, um, visiting other ports, protocol, good courteous boating behavior. And then we move in the afternoon to an actual on the water where we put the ladies on a boat hopefully similar to what they own and they learn how to drive the boat put it into the slip both forward and backward
2: <laughs> i'd hit so many things <laughs> <laughs> oh man that would not be a good good scenario at all <laughs> oh my goodness so I was telling you before the show. So, so calling nine one one and just kind of putting the to- bright towel on the boat is not a good idea. I actually need to. We have a little Boston Whaler, and I actually
0: need to know how to drive this thing, huh?
4: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> and it's not nearly as hard as it first appears. We've okay. had a thousand, a thousand ladies through the class, and everyone has passed, including my wife. And it's you know she's probably the most difficult student, right? Because uh-huh. You know, you, you working together with your significant other sometimes can be challenging. But um, she's been through the class, and and uh, we survived, and we're better boaters because
1: of it. So, Tom, just listening to Carol, she sounds a little bit, maybe not nervous, but maybe a little bit reluctant or concerned. Um, a little. Is that well? Okay, let's be honest, Carol. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Do you? Is that what most women? say when they first get started with a boating lesson?
0: I I think so. I think there's a couple of things. I think first of all you know they want to be they want to be more involved in in the the sport and knowledge is power. So we we work on simple things like how to tie the boat, how to tie the knots, how to work as a team when you're docking or undocking the boat, Um, how to read a chart, how to be a lookout on the boat, and then we cover some basic emergency situations so you know how to work the radio and work the electronics on the vessel. It's, it's pretty much boating basics, but when it's done, everyone's a little more comfortable on the water and a little more confident, and that's really the goal of the
1: class. So what about docking the boat? To me, that would be the most intimidating thing. You know, How do you get that thing without running into the dock?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the part that everybody, when they walk into the class, is most intimidated by. But I think when they walk out of the class, they realize that it's, it, it, it can be systematic. There's a process, no different than driving a car. You know, it's, it, there's a process that you follow, sometimes unconsciously in the automobile because we do it so much. But we teach them the steps that make docking what we think is easy. And I think most of the ladies, when they're done, they don't realize how easy it it truly is, if you follow the process.
1: And you know, Tom, I hate to bring this up, but it's true. If you share a boat with someone, it shouldn't just be one person who knows how to get that boat to and from shore, correct?
0: Right. And that's that's one of the things that a, a lot of the ladies that come into the class you know, what happens if, if all of a sudden, I, when I'm not normally the captain, I need to be the captain because something happens on the boat? And so we prepare them for that and walk them through the basic situations and, and, and how you can safely return to port and get everybody home and, you know, end the day on a good note.
1: What did your wife, Lisa, like the most about the class and what did she find to be the most difficult?
0: she liked the most about the class was was the camaraderie and the friendship she formed with those other ladies in the class she's still friends with a number of them and I I think that she had four years you know we've been boating together since we were uh, we were first married and I, I never asked her to handle the boat you know sure. um I asked her to handle lines but I'd never really given her the instruction on how to do any of that. And once she was she learned how, and I took her through the process, which I should have done, but again, as a significant other, I'm the worst, oftentimes that's the worst instructor that <laughs> happened to be me. When she sat through the class, she realized a, a lot of things that she had done wrong over the years, and and she realized a, a simple way to handle the boat handle the lines, handle the fenders, and to communicate back and forth with me, the the captain, on what I expected.
1: Sure. Now, you've got a boating class coming up this weekend, July 15th, in Bay Harbor. And can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Sure. It starts uh, this this coming Saturday, the 15th, in Bay Harbor um, at the Yacht Club. And we have openings currently in that class. I believe we're about two-thirds full right now. But we would welcome anyone that uh, wants to join, and they can sign up through our website at wallstrom.com.
1: And, Tom, it sounds like maybe for Dr. Carroll and myself, you may be offering some classes in the Detroit area next summer.
0: That's correct. We have tentative plans right now for next summer in in Detroit, we are—we uh, we currently have recently acquired the Algonac Harbor Club in Algonac, Michigan. So mm-hmm. uh, we're planning on classes next summer at the Algonac Harbor Club.
1: So, Carol, that has our names written all over it. All right, I'll go if you do. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing you. Tom, I'm going to bring her. I'm going to make okay. sure that the two of us come to the class next summer. Oh, gosh. That's okay. <laughs> Tom Irvin, president of Wallstrom Marine, thank you so much for your time.
0: My pleasure. Thanks so much.
1: And you've been listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. On behalf of Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, I'm Ann Thomas, and we hope you have a great night.
0: The Healthy Woman Show, with Ann Thomas and Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, has been presented by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health.